0: Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate and, in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the program.
1: This is Good Morning New York, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. We are live from New York City as usual. Good morning to everybody here in the room. Niall Lundgren is here. Good morning. Rachel Works. Altshuler, Woo! Matthew Cohen, and, good and Deborah Hoffman. Good morning. How is everybody? Doing all right. You look tan. Are you tan? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> we say this every time. <laughs> You look good. I don't know Ooh. if it's the lighting in the room or not, but all of a sudden I looked and I said, oops, he's got very white teeth and <laughs> tan
2: pink. Wow. Page. You got a girlfriend? Uh, I go outside. I go outside. And Perul is having a real New York moment. I she know. is stuck in a pre war elevator that holds two people. Oh,
3: <laughs> Jesus.
4: And she's still in the elevator?
2: Uh, I just got this email. Just she, got it. I was Just got the email. I
4: told her, you know, maybe it's just time for you to meditate.
2: Well, oh, yes. <laughs> well,
1: That's wait, a good point. <laughs> well, but she does Is like somebody else in the elevator with her? Or I don't the know. The oh, no. I don't know, but she in can get while.
4: them. She can convince them to meditate. I'm as sure well. she I'm can. Good.
1: Well, listen, you know, when you're stuck in an elevator, God help us, that's all you can basically do until somebody comes <laughs> and helps you out. Jesus, well, parole, hurry up. <laughs> get here soon.
2: Maybe she'll pick up a client
1: you never know yeah this is what goes she on would. right
2: she's talented enough anyway
1: the number of rentals on the market in Manhattan surged last month but prices in the borough continue to basically flatline. Median residential rents hit $3400 in May, up just 0.6% over year-over-year over year, and down 0.4% from April, according to a report released recently by Douglas Elliman. Meanwhile, listing inventory shot up shot up 21.2% for a year-over-year year increase. For the past 2 years, rents in Manhattan have steadily grown, but the upward climb came to a halt in March when median rents 2.8%. Prices bounced back slightly in April, continuing the borough's sideways trajectory. The price growth in the borough can be primarily attributed to entry-level to mid-tier level rentals. Remember how the Obamas are renting a castle in D.C. once they leave the White House? Well, the owners of that said castle, Joe and Giovanna Lockhart, have to move somewhere to make room for the first family, and now we know where. According to city records, the Lockharts have paid just $5.5 million for a pad at 415 Greenwich Street. In Tribeca. Joe Lockhart served as White House press secretary for Bill Clinton from 1998 to 2000. And as of February 2016, he was named as the executive vice president of communications for the NFL. Hence, Moved to New York. His wife Giovanna is the Washington editor of Glamour magazine. While this new pad is not quite as grand as the house they'll be leaving behind in DC, the 2,693 square foot Tribeca condo is not too shabby with three bedrooms, three and a half bathrooms, and a 50 foot glass wall gallery that overlooks the building's courtyard. I looked at the house online the other day, and I, th- I mean the apartment online the other day, and I'm like, why are you leaving the house for that? It's like not that spectacular. I was kind of shocked at that anyway. <laughs> They may be living in one of the most exclusive apartment buildings in the world, but recently that hasn't made life easy for the residents at 740 Park Avenue. And for those of you who don't know, that's a very tony, very, uh, very well-established co-op on the Upper East Side here in Manhattan. Though uh, three of the buildings renowned now, duplexes are currently on the market with price tags ranging from $22.5 million to $32.5 million. The Upper East Side co-op has suffered... Enough unfortunate incidences in the past few years to put any buyer off, from fires to theft to building uh, itself, for the Bloody building itself falling apart. The billionaire residents have certainly had their share of problems and a lot of news press happening uh, all all of a sudden uh, and on you know a regular basis. After an 84-year run, New York City grocery chain D'Agostino's is looking to sell its nine remaining stores. This, according to the Real Deal, at its peak, the family-owned supermarket operated 26 stores, but over the years, many of the stores shut down, reducing the amount uh, in operation to a single digit facing tough competition from chains like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and many delivery services that continue to pop. These guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a disco. You have a disco light in your microphone. My, my, my disco light, and it's just always for, an 800 number.
5: Just 100. for all the listeners, he has an iPhone that when it <laughs> rings, it, it flashes, flashes. up <laughs> and flashes.
1: And just we're just
2: dancing. We're in, we're in a dark room. The studio, <laughs> room. studio so flashes, flashes black lights, and it's what? flashing. Yeah. Yeah. Purple, purple yeah. lights. I'm yeah. reading news
1: copy, and I see yeah. five people dancing. I was like, oh, it's going am I doing? Facing tough competition from chains like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and the many delivery services that continue to pop up, as well as rising rent prices. The family-owned supermarket, D'Agostino's, may be ending its independent run after years of struggling. That made me sad. I was a D'Agostino lover for years. Wow. Always great stuff. Real estate maven Louise Sunshine has resigned from brokerage firm Compass, as we reported last week. And this week, it has been reported that she is campaigning for Donald Trump. Sunshine was Trump's most senior female exec before she launched her genius marketing company which merged with Cochrane in 2005, she's now launching Women for Trump in Florida. While Sunshine supports the GOP candidate, she has called him out for bringing up Bill Clinton's alleged affair while campaigning against Hillary Clinton. She says, when a man cheats, every woman has a choice to stay or to get divorced. Hillary chose to stay. It's not what I would have done, but it was a smart choice for her, it got it to the White House. Interesting. Everybody has an opinion. All right. Good morning again, guys. Good How are we morning. All? Everybody, good. Morning. good? We're still dancing. Now that you're not <laughs> dancing anymore.
4: Everyone's doing well, it looks a- like. Everyone's doing it's really a well today. Like a-, a lot of a
1: lot of good vibes in the city. Well, I got to tell you something. Glad to see each other. Yeah. <laughs> the weather has been spectacular the past couple of days. I mean, yesterday I just wanted to be outside, out of the office or out of an apartment, and just stand there and just take it all in. It was mm-hmm. magnificent. How was your Sunday? Sunday was slow. Open house. You mean. Yeah. Yeah. Slow. So so, but um, well, I think
2: there are know. a couple things going on. First of all, I was taught when I was brand new in real estate there are five parade days.
0: You know, well, New York is
2: known for their big yeah. parades, and there are five parade days where you don't have open houses mainly because of logistics. You can't get people can't get cross town. Well, they Sunday can't was get the Puerto Rican downtown, Day Parade, was, right? And yeah. that is one of the largest, which is so much fun to go to. It is, but you cannot get cross town. Yeah, you just can't get cross
1: town. Well, you know what? You can't get cross town. You can't go up or down. And at the end of the day, that's a parade of people that just kind of spreads into the entire city when the parade is over versus just leaving. So I was downtown having brunch with my friend John, and brunch turned into – Brunch, uh, drinks, and then dinner, and then more drinks. And by the time I got home at 8 o'clock or 8.30 from 2 in the afternoon, I thought, I can't do this again. This is like way too much. But I was trying to kind of wait out, you know, the crowds of people that were kind of running around. That's what Sunday brunches are about, though. Prolonged brunch on Sunday. But one meal would be fine. But Mm -hmm. after that Mm -hmm. dinner, and it was a nice pasta dinner, and I'm thinking. Who was
3: walking Jet then?
1: Jet was home. She was home.
3: Jet was partying. time.
1: (laughs) She was home the whole time. Yeah. Well, she's, yeah, she's pretty strong with that. But of course, the minute I walk in the door, she's jumping all over the place, wanting to go outside. But um, my two open houses actually had a pickup in attendance. But maybe it's because
5: one was downtown and one was in Harlem. So they didn't have to do a Central Park. You're right. All right. Well, let me ask you that. So was Harlem
1: better than downtown or was downtown better than Harlem? Exact same number of groups. Well, okay.
3: I had Brooklyn, I had two parties, but quality versus quantity. Um, and then Chelsea, I had seven. I and saw got- your new
1: listing in Brooklyn. It looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It really so it's does. so
3: pretty. And then I have uh, Chelsea, 625 for a condo. So that's you know we already have three offers. I was going to say for yeah, that price wow. point, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of an older building, that's why. Because every other condo studio in Chelsea goes for easily over eight hundred. So 65, yeah,
1: well, I'm I'm finding in this yeah. new market, this new transitional market or this new flat market, whatever, that anything under a million dollars in a one bedroom mm-hmm. uh, is kind of flying off. We one of my agents put something on in the eight hundred range condo. Mm-hmm. Uh, And, I mean, day one, multiple, multiple offers. And, you know, I've had, as I've told you, struggled, although just one left, thank God, the other two are gone. But um, uh, anything over a million dollars seems to be a little tough right now Mm -hmm. in certain areas. So, um, you know, even with some price reductions, uh, we're still struggling. But we may have this last one done hopefully this week. Yay. Cool. So that's you know, it's 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 amazing to see, you know, but I but we always talk about this and I always agree. It it comes down to pricing. I was arguing with somebody in my office the other day, you know, trying to justify to me why the price was not too high, and I said the price is too high, and that's why you're not getting any offers, that's why you're not getting any traffic, and that's why it's kind of just hanging out there. I said, Take it from me. You know, I had one of them that was extremely ridiculous, way overpriced. Yeah. yeah, except
2: in the big financial downturn, I've always gone back to that old real estate adage. 30 showings or 30 days, and mm-hmm. you reevaluate price
1: wise. No, mm-hmm. yeah. well, that's very yeah. good. Right. Now let's move on. It seems life has rarely been harder for working artists in Manhattan while galleries selling multiple million dollar artworks still line Chelsea in the Upper East Side. The artists making them have largely decamped for other boroughs and beyond. Yet just as certainly as New Yorkers rents rise, artists will find ways to work in the city that feeds their creativity. Fortunately for some of them a few culturally inclined developers are discovering clever ways to make space for these painters, sculptors and others working in the visual arts how are they doing that you know the, the the trend has been over the past several years you know pushing the artists not intentionally but just pushing them out of all the spaces mostly downtown uh, where they had been for years uh, because of new developments and people you know wanting to grab these spaces back and, and, and convert them and sell for new spaces now it seems like developers are starting to be a little more sympathetic to that community and are trying to find ways to keep them how are they doing that I I haven't really seen in my world how they've been able to. I know how they're talking about it. They're talking about
2: um, instituting artwork as part of the project. So, certain lobbies will have contemporary artwork. So, I think they're bringing certain known artists in to produce this art. And there's been just sort of a lot of chatter. I haven't seen anything concrete but today everyone wants to be interactive in their building and bringing in artists in an artist neighborhood is a big
1: deal. I mean, I remember years ago, I took on a development in Brooklyn Heights. It was called the Candy Fab. We named it the Candy Factory at 20 Henry Street, and that was an old artist um, community building for years and years and years. Uh, Then it was a regular rental. Then it went back to artists. And I remember when we took that on, our developer was kind of sensitive to that, and he was trying to figure it out. Now, this is going back, uh, what, seven years ago, was trying to fig- figure out ways. And I think it came down to buying some artwork that may have been associated with that building for years just to hang on the lobby. Uh, just to kind of bring back the old sense of, hey, this used to be an artist building, and it was an artist building for many, many years. It was a candy factory in the 17 and 1800s. So, you know, it was uh, artist homes for many, many years. Um, I just find it interesting how, you know, we can have all these high-flying galleries, you know, in certain parts of the city, in the newer areas of the city. But what happens to the old artist that used to be around and you're still painting and still drawing and still doing all this stuff? Well, I, I think there's a couple of interesting things to, to note here. I mean, at first... Um,
4: you, when you look at where you know areas are gentrifying in in different neighborhoods, you see where the artists are going. So the artists are kind of generally on the uh, the frontier of that. Um, along with the hipsters, et cetera. Um, so that's a good way of just understanding where the general trends are. And then second, it, it's very difficult for artists to be living in prime Manhattan mm-hmm. um, and sustaining. I actually happen to know a really talented artist who has um, sold some really uh, amazing artwork to very high net worth individuals. He lives in his studio on the Upper West Side, um, it has a backyard. It's a ground level studio, really tiny, but it has a backyard. So he's extremely creative there. But he actually sublets half the space to a friend. So literally, there's just two bunk beds, um, in this space, and that's how he's able to sustain. Otherwise, you know, he would have to be in a frontier location.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, the Years ago, in, the, in Soho, yeah. they used to do the same thing. They'd have these huge four thousand square foot spaces, and they'd rent them out to friends yeah. to help pay the the cost. The
3: sharing. C- the sharing community is is huge in the art world um i know like two or three people that actually have like shares like this huge loft and then they just use it part time when they need it and it's divided by 16 people mm-hmm. wow and it really works and i have another artist friend who bought a building in ridgewood queens which you know a few years ago <laughs> was you can get a great deal but now it's on the rise um, but with the L train not working, may may not be on the rise stalling, anymore. But yeah. maybe stalling. No yeah. intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to go
5: off of what Naya was saying about gentrification, if you look at areas that everyone think is over gentrified, not over gentrified, but is not a good place to buy anymore because it's already there. Um, you look at places on, like Long Island City, the Navy Yards in Brooklyn, um, even you know areas of downtown Brooklyn and Williamsburg, there's still a lot of artists there who have these older factory style studios and they're still there and they're not, they haven't been pushed out yet and a lot of those are closer to the water actually. I know that um, a really good friend of mine who's an artist who has you know, raised her kids on the Upper East Side and still lives on the Upper East side in not a rent stabilized apartment but some sort of rent control she has her studio in Long Island City and just always has Um, so I I still find that they're still there Um, I think it takes a lot to completely gentrify every single
1: corner of a neighborhood or even outside New York City I mean there's that too absolutely you know there's
3: artists out in the Hamptons and upstate New York I
1: was going to say the Hamptons for sure out in the Springs uh, absolutely all right we have to take a break you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel don't go away
0: Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at bluerealtygroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit bluerealtygroup.com. That's b l u realtygroup.com. The internet's number 1 talk station. Number 1 talk station. Voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at Group.com. Now, back to the show. We are back. I wanted to bring, uh, just mention. Rachel mentioned the
1: L train before. Just, just quickly, any new news on the L train, the corridor between uh, Manhattan and Brooklyn? Any, any news on when that's actually going to shut down? I heard something the other day that is probably going to be delayed for a bit.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's going to be delayed a few years. But, you know, the, the buzz is really affecting the market in yeah. a lot of ways. A lot of the big brokers I know in, in Williamsburg particularly have reached out to me. And they said, are you dead? Are you quiet? I, there's no pulse at all. Yeah. And I hate kind of, you know, it's sort of like act as if. And and if you say, yeah, it's dead in the market, you know, there's no pulse. It's, it's you can't blame the market. You know, you, things will sell if you price it correctly. So I always say like, you know, I'm, I'm busy. And I am. I'm getting one offer, not five offers. And I'm not going over asking. I'm getting under asking. But things are still selling. I'm.
1: <laughs> I would think that they almost have to. I mean even if it does <laughs> shut down at some point, uh, delay or not. People
3: will use another train, the G or M, they, they'll use Uber yeah, or Via, right. they will, there will work be from buses, home, there will be and a-
1: the whole new ferry system that yeah, they're and implementing the water, that too. the water ferries. And I've yeah. said for years Dumbo, you know, not too far away right, is not exactly. that easy to commute to and from, and then yeah. people do it all the time and it's a very hustling hustle and bustle. Neighborhood. But, you know, people do have um, a lot of agents still say, oh my God, oh my God, how am I going to sell this unit And you got to take the L train to get there. It's like, you know, if it's priced right, you'll sell it. I mean, it's not a big deal. First of all,
3: the L train's usually so crowded you can't even get on it. I so,
1: know, I know. Well, that's, that's part <laughs> that's of the problem. True.
2: <laughs> There's the secret. All right, moving on. <laughs> Visitors
1: to a recent open house at a co op on East 14th Street might have thought they were experiencing a computer rendering come to life. The Alcove studio was filled with clean line contemporary furniture, a large boxy sofa, a desk with uh, Faceted legs, a sculptured uh, coffee table resembling the um, one designed by Naguchi. Is that how you say his name, Naguchi? I like his stuff. But nearly all of it was made from corrugated plastic with a blank white surface. So was the art hanging on the walls, uh, also, and was uh, and so was the bed. However, unsettling, it was no hallucination. What the visitors were seeing was one of the latest interventions in home staging, lightweight. Flat pack, faux furniture, sleek enough to enable buyers to visualize what an empty home would look like rather than it being fully furnished or um, virtually staged. So I, I have to tell you something. When I read this story, it's the first time I've heard about it. I mean, how could corrugated plastic and cardboard in furniture shapes make a room look livable? I mean, have you come across this at all? So what I would love to know is we talked about the
5: viewings is it in contract? Did they get offers? That's what I want to know. Mm, Because...
1: I don't know, but the biggest question is, is it better than traditional staging? And I'm going to ask this question because I have Whoa. something coming up that I want all of your opinions on. I'm going to meet a stager tomorrow at one of my listings. And you know, when I read this, I thought, I don't know, maybe this makes sense. Well, let's talk about cost. You have any ideas? Well, that's exactly that's what that's, I was going to say. That's and why if it's a
4: tenth of the cost and it just looks good. I mean, you, know, you all have buyers who, you know, I think I did it with one of Deb's when we were showing the show that studio with you. We sat down on the couch. Yes. A lot of buyers like to sit there on the couch and say, okay, Absolutely.
0: But you want like to make them sit on like cardboard? Be, can
4: I be here? You know, versus yeah. it being empty, right? So, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting. I'm just really curious well, about the cause. Is cost the agent
3: paying or is the seller paying? Mm. That's yes, the huge yeah. difference. So, when you do virtual renderings, typically the agent pays out of their budget because mm-hmm. it's not very costly. Um, traditional staging is thousands and thousands of dollars paid by the seller, which is why most don't want to do that. So if it's something that the agent can pay out of their budget, I say it's the best of both worlds.
1: But I I agree. Uh, But there have been times, and I've been caught up in this, where mm -hmm. I have had to pitch in in the staging and i just did this last year oh yeah actually mm-hmm. you rachel you actually were in the apartment uh, mm-hmm. over at the 505 oh, at the on first floor the first yep. floor one mm-hmm. because the seller would not do it and it was empty and it just didn't show well so you know we had to do what we had to do and i have to tell you something and this is why i'm a big believer in staging the apartment sold within two weeks so it was worth the whatever cost it it, it was to my partner and i but if we didn't do that, it wouldn't have sold, and we were right at the end of that listing, and we probably would have lost it. So, so that, sometimes you got to yeah. do. That that's thing. what I was
5: going to say, and that's actually why I love—not sound like an advertisement—but that's why I love my group at Corby. Is it's very pro staging community, mm-hmm. and I think that it's staging is something that's compared to renovating too much. And I think that when it comes to staging, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it in terms of the sale. Whereas when you're renovating, sometimes you can do cheap renovations that look really beautiful and still sell it at a high price. But I think staging is something that needs to be very delicate and done very
1: correctly. I wanted to ask you about that because it's a very good point because sometimes people over-renovate. And even when they're just doing it to sell, they over-renovate or they do things that are not, you know, Bland enough, or, or generic enough, they they do it to their taste, and people walk in and say, "Oh, I mean, this is." And then when you say, "Well, it was just renovated," well, it's ugly, too mm-hmm. personal, too, too unique, too personal. Right. Yeah, uh, renovate but, to a broad scale.
2: Right, but getting back totally. to staging, another thing, as you mentioned, sitting on the furniture, is I sell a lot of estate apartments. And with those, the people always ask, should I empty the apartment? The Mm -hmm. furniture is 400 years old. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, whatever. And most of the time I say yes, if they are not willing to stage, and that's always an argument. Because without sitting on the furniture, people still want to figure out, oh, that's the ugliest sofa I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. but it's bigger than mine, so I know mine will fit. Because when you see an empty room, no one has imagination. Same thing with a bed. I actually keep a um, a blow-up mattress at home, that I have used in studios. You put, you blow up the mattress. It's the size of a full size bed. You put it on two big, uh, Toilet paper crates from the supermarket, and you and you put a sh- and you put a blanket on. No, really, if this is if your um, homeowner has a studio and will not pay for staging, mm-hmm. but do you do the and rest it, of the apartment or just the below? There's bed? usually not enough room, but it's something to give it. I do that, and sometimes I'll bring in a bistro table and chairs. I, yeah, and I, I live in a house, so I store all this. I feel like you have to go I all the way. That. You
3: can't half mm-hmm. stage. It's yeah. always weird when there's just like one bed mm-hmm. and then right. No, doesn't feel like a I do, right. have to and go all I only all do this way. in studios. Yeah. You're right. I agree yeah. with
2: you. But many times there is the argument mm-hmm. that the you could show statistics about how much more a person is going to get if they stage it, but many people really dig in their heels and they're not going to do it.
1: Let me ask a question because we're all in this business, so we all walk into apartments that are either staged. Uh, fully furnished because they lived in, or empty. Now, I've always been the type, before I was in real estate, I could, and I bought and sold many apartments in this town before I was an agent, and I could walk into an empty space and and have the vision to understand where my furniture would go or what this wall was about, whatever. I could buy something or I could rent something seeing it empty. How do you all feel about that? Because we all know our clients, half of them can't, half of them can. I mean, can you walk into an empty place? Because sometimes I think, yeah, I have to stage it for my audience. For me, I'm fine with it because I understand the bones, I understand the layout, I understand the floor plan, but I know that most of my customers or people coming in to see it are not going to understand it. If, if the apartment's finished,
5: and why I say that is because if you sometimes go to new developments, you'll see a model unit that's furnished, and then you'll go into the, you know, right. the units that will That's actually empty. be lived in that right. are not even finished Correct. and that are some, some are raw. But I think if they're finished, it's not a, in terms of vision. I take vision more of a raw space. So I try and be, we're all people here. I think that to the normal eye, it's better to go into an apartment that has furniture. You can see, even if it's not your taste, you can see how someone would furnish it. And I think that that helps everyone at the end of the day. It also makes the space look bigger.
2: I agree. I have a vacant apartment right now. It's a two bedroom, which is a decent sized apartment. The large size, yeah. It is. I virtually staged it online. The owner will not pay for any kind of staging, and it was it was a big battle. When people come in, they really are puzzled as to where they're going to put things. I bring Absolutely. a tape measure with <clears throat> me, but most people don't know the measurements of their furniture.
1: But why can't it's, they eyeball it? I mean, I can eyeball a wall and say, "Okay, it's my that's because you do this all the time." But it's our this duty is why to you're educate in real our consumers. You have the eye, not yeah, everyone exa- does. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly.
0: You have yeah. To, it's
4: our duty yeah. to educate them, yeah. you know, and to walk them through and say, "Hey, and use your hands." I use my hands a lot. Yeah. Does this work? Correct. How about that? Is your is your couch about this size, yeah. or is it bigger, or smaller? You're mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, smaller. Okay, smaller. So it looks like it would fit, and they. Say, I asked oh, somebody okay. recently,
1: "Is your couch ninety 90? What is it? 92 or 86?" They looked at me like, "Huh? Easy? Really? You know the numbers?" I'm like, well, doesn't everybody? It's a good way to get them to
3: come back, though, because measure your couch and then call me and come back for a second showing. Right, because
1: my stuff will not fit over there. I said, well, what's the size? Yeah.
5: I don't know. And just to play another opinion, person-to-person, expert, client, it's just fact. That a room does look bigger when there is furniture. Yes, if that wasn't absolutely. a fact. Although absolutely. everyone
3: thinks the opposite, it's right. really funny. And then,
5: and then, all my yeah. clients when they go into an apartment that has no furniture and they say this feels really small, and I, I, I tell them, I, you know, I trust me, it will look bigger when there's furniture. Yeah. They all go now. I don't believe that. Yep. And, well, and then, I, I go I go
1: fine. But but factually but it's the, it's the case. The best is when you go back into the apartment on the morning of walkthrough, the morning of closing, you do a walkthrough and now the seller has taken all the furniture out and the buyer comes in and sees that apartment empty for the first time for the most part and they stand there in shock, like, oh, this place is much smaller than I thought it was. They like, was,
5: it, was it this small when we first saw it? Uh-huh. That's, the, that's uh-huh. what they say. Does
1: uh-huh. it
3: work like that? Like, are you thinner when you're naked? Is it the same <laughs> theory?
2: <laughs> yes, it
5: is. Yes, actually. I think it yeah, is, so. actually. Yeah. If, if it wasn't fact, though, the, the, the sentence I But I laugh every I time used, that happens. Oh, absolutely. But if it wasn't fact, you wouldn't have developers creating model apartments. Spending and you wouldn't have staging house. companies.
1: Yeah. So I, just tell and, people and, that and believe me that's very true Matt because mm-hmm. at the end of the day I remember when, when the new development started modeling up apartments because in the beginning they didn't you just showed up you po- bought off floor plans or if you were in the building you bought off you know whatever you, the agent showed you mm-hmm. uh, and I remember being on the front end of that with uh, I think it was the Hudson when I was uh, we, we we staged it and we modeled it up and we had many models because we couldn't sell anything until we did that it yeah. was amazing that's yeah. the development I lost to you really Yes, we discussed this. I don't remember that.
5: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have friendly competition
2: We here. have friendly <laughs> competition. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, but I feel much better that it went to you <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to, it was a cor- corp- between the two corporations.
1: That things. was my first mm-hmm. development. My, and that's how I actually met yeah. Rachel. She was doing the building <gasps> next door. So mm-hmm. this goes back a long yeah. time the Adagio. Oh, my God.
2: That was like eight, nine years ago, well, I, I like think. like that building.
3: yeah Something I, like that, yeah. Yeah. Like that building.
1: You did the Coming back to the
2: original article that you read, Vince, about these strange cardboard things, whatever, when I first started in the business, there was an agent who took a, a good-sized two-bedroom apartment on the Upper West Side that was vacant mm-hmm. and took masking tape and put furniture on the floors Isn't with masking tape, which I found a little confusing, but she also wrote out masking tape, the measurements of the couch, of the table. Oh, that's a which, lot of work you know, it was, but these, this was in the days before we had staging, before we even had professional photographers. This was, and I was, I didn't know if I should be confused being in the space, but if you really knew your measurements of your furniture, I found it helpful. But most people don't, as, as Rachel said. You haven't It kind of sounds like walking with a dead body oh. on a
1: floor, though. That's what I think about when you're when oh, you're. It didn't look Masking like it. tape like yeah. a dead body and on, on yeah. a floor, and you it know, it know it what I think like about? It. It was,
2: everybody laughed.
0: I think, think hit about hit. it's I'll always
5: it. something because when you're buying in Manhattan, the buyer who goes to that apartment's going to say. Is that tape gonna ruin the floors? Mm-hmm. Yes, and and that tape better not leave scratches by the walkthrough. <laughs> it's I always it was gonna be something. Well, it's very deal funny, with that but <laughs> it's really
1: funny. I just closed on the house that I sold in Riverdale. The house I'm always talking about. I yeah. sold a house. Yay! Never sold a house before. So anyway, we're doing the walkthrough <laughs> the day before, and my buyer goes to put the blue tape on a scratch on the floor, or whatever. And the contractor is one of the sellers of the house, so he was there. He said, "No, no, no! Don't put tape on the floor. You're gonna pull up the finish on the floor." And so I thought, okay, that's a first. I mean, I worked in development for years where every yeah. buyer came in and put blue tape, you know, on the, on yeah. the floor or on the that wall. Not Whew, that's not a good that sign. That's not a good sign. So I said, well, so what are we supposed to put on the floor? Because there is a ding on the floor and we need to know that. So he put a piece of paper and, and with a weight on it. So I thought, oh, okay, if that's going to work, <laughs> that's going to work.
3: It? Was it recently refinished or something? Like, it, was it brand new house. Brand new house.
1: Brand new house.
3: Brand new was, house. was it dark floors?
1: No, light floors. That's, still. yeah, yeah that's very light floors. That's floor. odd. Mm. Anyway, we have to go to break. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go away.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at bluerealtygroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter, and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit bluerealtygroup.com. That's bluerealtygroup.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back. We're halfway through already. I don't even know where the time
1: goes. So, moving on, boards are very difficult. They can turn you down for just about any reason as long as it doesn't violate the city's human rights law, which prohibits rejections for reason of race, creed, color, uh, national origin, sex, uh, age, uh, I said age, disability, sexual orientation, marital status, citizenship, occupation, or anything on the basis of how many children you have. Military status. That's right. Anything else is fair game, from how you part your hair to whether you have any hair at all. And for now, anyway, they have absolutely no obligation to tell you why they reject you. Let's let's talk about this because most people, again, as we talk about around the world and around the U.S., don't deal with co-ops. Uh, it's a little different here with condos, but co-ops. And when you think about, you know, the daunting task of having to, you know, do a full financial disclosure, and we've talked about this before. You know now you can be turned down, or you could always be turned down, and even when you have stellar, stellar uh, financials. So, what, what, what is this about? Explain to the the people out there in the hinterlands, mm-hmm. what boards really are about here in this town.
2: It really heated. does come down I know, to financial. It to yeah. I'm so heated about this topic. But, but I actually just had my first board turned down in about <clears throat> 10 years. Mm-hmm. And this person, I thought, was, as we say, a slam dunk yeah. into the building. It's a bit of a um, more difficult building. You're only allowed to finance 60% of your purchase price. Mm-hmm. And th- they are a little highfalutin. What was their it's, debt-to-income ratio? Oh, well, this, was, this is the story. The debt-to-income ratio was like 10%. It was really, really nothing. Okay. The person had eight years of mortgage and maintenance payments and liquid assets after closing. What? And he was paying all cash.
3: What? Unbelievable. Well, this is
2: what happened. Um, The broker from another company, who is wonderful, brought someone to this building with almost an identical profile two years before. The profile was, the person was a curator at a major museum, had come from Britain and was a curator there at a major museum. And same thing, paid all cash, did everything. And that person got through the board. This person, we found out actually after talking to board members, had the same profile, was a curator here. The, The problem, and I put this in quotes, was this person was older. This person who had come to mind was in his late 50s, not ready to take retirement funds, But all his retirement funds from the British Museum were in England. And what people don't realize is the British Museum is part of the government there. And this board with, they felt, Mm -hmm. okay, everyone take your handful of salt. This board felt that even though we see the UK as a very stable country, everything's weird right now in a few months and now in a week, Uh, the U.K. is going to come up with a vote should they come out of the European Union, should they not. Oh, my God. And they said because his retirement funds, even though he could start taking them now but he wasn't, are tied up with the government, they were not happy.
5: But see, that makes no sense because that's why you have post-closing liquidity.
2: And that's what eight I said. years. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Close but close years. retirement,
3: they don't count retirement funds as they liquidity. Don't, but they were looking to the, the future, and percentage. this is a very
2: elderly building. Right. So everyone's thinking retirement. But what percentage of his money was in the U.S.? All of it, except retirement.
3: Yeah. So that shouldn't have been an issue. That's right, but that's what we heard and from, they actually, from the board. And they actually it's gave arbitrary. You,
1: they actually gave you the reason? Because obviously, yes. as I've reported, they, they don't because, yeah, I always my yeah. tell Sometimes my you. get it. My Sometimes. seller's
2: cousin was also in the building, and he was board president two years ago when that other person got through. He's no longer on the board, but he lives next door to one of the vice presidents and just started chatting, saying, we don't want to waste the board's time for next time around. What's the reason? Took him out for coffee, and this is what we got. But
3: that's a great way to appeal. So the only time you can appeal is when you find out these answers. Sometimes you can get the information. You know, and then sort of resubmit the package and fight it. The buyer did not the want to deal, though. Hmm. Well, that's their that prerogative, yes. of course. But going yes. might well, be the seemed, wrong way. Absolutely. Well he yeah. said, I don't
2: want to buy in a building where I may have a problem selling ego. it later. There's yeah. ego there. Oh. Yeah. You know,
3: there's ego. But then most buyers work so hard to get to that point that it's like, No, let's
2: keep fighting. This buyer did not though, because his broker was a superstar who had already sold in the building and really got everything so tight immediately. Mm-hmm. That I think meeting the buyer a number of times, I think he was just kind of a squeamish didn't like conflict person. That's I, what I think.
5: I hate to I hate to say it but wound
3: you up buying a condo. There you go.
5: I, I hate to say it, but you were actually really lucky in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because as Rachel said and as everyone else said, I just had my first board turned down in my entire career and we didn't get an answer. And oh. it's, no. it's, it's really I <laughs> love
1: <laughs>
5: The most negative cherry pop I've ever had. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: How many days were
1: you depressed? Is oh my God. <laughs> even in the purple it, light, you're blushing. Even in the purple light, it's hot <and>
5: hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of the most difficult things I've ever had to go through yeah. because I, of course, am upset about it and just want to fix it, but I'm upset for my client, the seller, because he was already we're already in contract mm. for another apartment, and he needs the funds, and the buyer was perfect, and the board wouldn't even tell us what the reasoning was. Yeah. And it, it's interesting, as I was depressed for 24 hours, um, the broker who does all most of the business in the building actually reached out to me, and she said, I heard you had a board turned down. Um, you know, I just want to let you know, this is the only building I've ever had board rejections in, and they never gave a reason. Don't feel bad. It
1: happens. Wow was at um, West 86th Street. I had two turn downs in it my was not. career and both <laughs> it times was not. I didn't It not wasn't get even in an area areas, that's that you would think stories. it was. And I yes,
5: both times has has I has didn't has get a yes, reason Oh my god, yes. me
1: too.
6: 77 I've, I've only, only had two three.
5: Oh, that, that building is
1: crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I hate I, even going to that building. I guess at the oh,
5: at the end of the day I won't
3: even show that. At the
5: end of the day about boards and I I went to a panel about this for um for Boards should just want to work with brokers. It, it should be that way. They they shouldn't be going against well, each other. And, and I find that too much that happens. Mm-hmm. We're all in the same, you know, we all have the same goal. We all want to get the best numbers we can for your building and get the best people in your building as possible. Well, and that's, that's what another, we do with our vetting process. That's another
3: thing is having the purchase price too low. And that is a big problem. So forgetting problem. about the actual applicant, if mm-hmm. the number's too low... They will reject. And, and that's something that should be told. You Up know, a, as a shareholder, you're, you are a part of the community. And it should be told to you prior to anything that just keep in mind, the price should be at a certain price per square foot. Mm-hmm. And your seller got hurt and is now in a different market. It's a different market than six Mine months too. ago. So, you, so the board just basically yep. took money away from your seller and really hurt more than one person. They, they hurt a lot of people yes. at every deal.
1: Well, that, 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 that does happen. Anyway, I want to tell everybody, Perul finally got out of the elevator. Ooh. She has oh. made it to the studio. Yay, she is sitting Welcome. at our table. Woo. Welcome. Thank
6: you, guys. <laughs> what did did you pick it? up And a she looks point?
1: beautiful in blue.
6: Oh, thank you. Well, what a New York <coughs> moment is all I can say. You know, it's like, this is actually the second time I've been stuck in a, in a old elevator in a building mm. in the city. My first time was on the Lower East Side late at night. I was actually in the elevator with a friend, I so we been. just kind of like Life. laughed about it, and it was easy. This time it was a really tiny… I mean literally the whole elevator is probably like 18 feet by like…
4: 20, 18 feet?
6: Like that's pretty… It six, that's big. that's sorry, really eight, big. <laughs> sorry, I'm a little… You- up no, but about 18 inches to like maybe 36 inches. Like you could barely fit in two people. Like tiny, tiny elevator.
1: I hate those elevators. So that
6: was, that was a little… Like to be in there for about 45, 50 minutes mm. was, was a little challenging for <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Anyway, (coughs) we're glad you're here. Moving on, Extel, the developer, large developer here in New York City, is rolling back the prices on the remaining condos at 1 Riverside Park or 50 Riverside Boulevard, as it's known. The development company's 219 apartment luxury tower on the far west side. The real deal says that they are seeking to decrease the prices of the building's unsold apartments, which number around 20, 20 unsold units. For example, a fifty seven hundred square foot condo once asking twenty five point seven five million is now asking twenty one a sixty two hundred square foot condo uh, once asking twenty three point one is now asking nineteen point nine and a similarly sized apartment once asking nineteen point nine eight million is now asking eighteen point eight five. are you guys seeing that this is becoming pretty standard with the uber overpriced jumbo priced uh, condominium apartments that we're seeing out there for the past couple of years? do you see a lot of Price cuts on these units?
3: Yeah, in new development, yep. there's price cuts in all new development. around. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're talking specifically of new development. I think that developers in order to move the product and hit their either fifteen percent, fifty percent hit that number, they have to they have to slash the prices a little bit, especially the Uber like you were saying, the Uber side. So
4: and just because the the prices are slashed, it doesn't mean that there's not negotiability, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you could also uh, there is negotiability, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So besides On closing the, costs, yeah. Yeah. So yes. cost, if they're going to yes. reduce
3: the price, then you still negotiate the closing costs. Yeah, sure? or if they don't, yeah. if the
4: prices aren't going down, and you, you could just submit, you know, some some bigger buildings are are amicable to ten percent off of. And um, and most the developers
3: ass. are still in denial. I mean, a lot of them are fighting what brokers are trying to educate them with, and they mm-hmm. just won't admit it. <coughs> they yeah. they they're sticking. (laughs) to their guns and they're hoping that that one buyer you know, international buyers gonna fly in and pay whatever. The oligarch
2: who already bought. Uh,
3: yeah. No, not with the internet. <laughs>
1: how are not we doing the- how are we doing with uh, new developments that are just coming to market? So for example, fifty Riverside Boulevard has been on the market for two or three years already, so their higher priced units you know, the remaining units in the building, the higher priced ones are being cut back a little bit. But what about new new developments coming to market in the last month or two or going forward? Are they are developers rather uh, being smarter? with their prices? Are they cutting them back before they even go to market? And by the way, uh based on the, the, the price that they paid for the land underneath and the way they, they priced the whole building to begin with and the, the the banks, you know, the the construction loans, are they able to come to market with reduced prices? I don't know. That. It depends. Mm, well, I think it depends yeah. on so
5: many situations. It depends on the developer's track record and how much he or she has done because it, you would hope that in that situation they understand how the market works and that there will be ups and downs. Um, I think it depends on neighborhood. I find that a lot more downtown developments are not willing to negotiate as much as opposed to uptown developments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just depends on a lot of different factors.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a couple of new ones in Midtown East, uh, Midtown West recently showed a couple of clients of mine, and we're up at 2000 and $2,200 a square foot for Midtown West, and I'm thinking... Wow, you know, and here, here I think are the situations where the developers probably don't want to reduce or they should have repriced before they came to market. But again, based on the land that they purchased, based on the original pricing of the building and the construction loan, oftentimes they can't. I also think
5: depending on where in Midtown West you're talking about, some develop, well, some developers will say in Midtown West or <laughs> North Chelsea or Midtown South, I'm right around the corner from what's going to be
1: Hudson Yards. Why mm. should I, right? Negotiate? Yeah. Well, that's that's you're right. They you're are. exactly correct. They're that's right. what they're thinking. But Hudson Yards <clears throat> is a year or two away, really. From opening and it's also like going to just
4: be a ton yeah, of more, inventory yeah. flooding the market. So, right. you know.
6: Well, and the, even the downtown market, that's sub twenty five hundred a square foot. Um, I've just been keeping a recent tab on what's going on in that general market, and apartments are moving a lot slower than you would expect, even at that what is considered to be a bread and butter ish you know, price per square mm. foot for a new development.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's just going to be interesting to see um, what's what's out there. I have a couple of new development uh, people who want to buy a new development, rather, and, you know, they're balking at some of the prices, not mm. downtown necessarily, but some of the prices that are $2,000 and up per foot. I mean, it's it's kind of wacky. When I have resales at, in the 1400 $1,500 a foot condo buildings that are – just about, you know, dragging along there and and not selling so quickly. Anyway, we have to take a break. We'll be back for our last segment in a few minutes. Don't go away. I do
6: want to see the back go that
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit bluerealtygroup.com. That's B L U Realtygroup.com. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to good morning new york real estate with vince rocco if you want to call into the program we're toll free in north america at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to v rocco at blue realty group.com that's v rocco at blu realty now back to the show All right, everybody, we are back. I'm talking to
1: Perul Brombat from Compass, Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Matt Cohen from CORE, and Deborah Hoffman from Town Residential, and Niall Lundgren from Compass. So um, it may seem like New York City completely slows down in the summertime, but there are still plenty of great cultural events going on throughout the five boroughs. Take, for example, the plethora of outdoor movie screenings uh, that happen throughout the city. You can find a place showing a classic or a new flick in the great outdoors just about every day of the week during the season. Let's talk about some of the fun things that you can do here in Gotham in the middle of the summer without having to run to the suburbs or run to the country. I, for one, haven't been to an outdoor (laughs) movie theater in New York in years, (laughs) but you know, it's on my bucket list for this summer. I'm going to do it. Right. Just to have it. Just to have a little fun, a couple of us would like to correct your grammar a little bit.
5: Right uh, I think ahead. you meant plethora. Plethora. <laughs> plethora. <laughs> plethora. <laughs> plethora. <It's> like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? It sounds like a body I, part. You know oh, what oh, I was like, I want to go to that summer. Plethora. Plethora.
6: Tough crowd, tough crowd this morning. No,
1: no, no. But but you know what? I can hardly see my coffee this morning. My eyes are not in, and it's hot in here. Disco
4: lights going
1: on. It's crazy. It's going to party. Can't read... Plethora of outdoor <laughs> movie theaters. Okay. So seriously though, but are we looking at movie theaters as something to do this summer season? Yeah. I
5: haven't done that. Brian Park has <laughs> uh, a screen. It's you not can just go that. down to the river and they have a screen. In I my, also love Shakespeare in the Park. Yes, oh, I it is. Know, In that, my weekly yeah.
2: newsletter, three weeks ago, I had a schedule of the five boroughs and where. It's not just in Manhattan. Brooklyn has a lot of them. It's through the <laughs> five the, boroughs. The, Doesn't somebody publish a, an
1: outdoor? Time Out of New York. A, yes. Yeah. Well, Easy. And Nine out. Nine nine and out wait, York. wait,
6: can I just become Deb's intern, please, so I can learn how to do such amazing mailers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's gonna do a, a marketing amazing. show with us one of these days I because know, I hear I these will. things all the time Seriously. and I'm like, I well, just, ta- I just taught a Genius. seminar for
2: my company town residential I on this. It. But love it, it works. <laughs> no,
1: it does work. But you know, yeah. I, I used yeah. to when I was at Halstead, somebody used to put together this <laughs> summer thing. That we can e blast to all our clients and make it available to all of us. Yeah, daily. I've seen it. It's like daily, right? Yes. And so I would send it out all the time. And I got to tell you something. You know, your distributionless people may not always respond to a real estate email that goes out, but when they see stuff like that, they're oh, thank you so much. That's really good information, and it's you know whatever. Just like when you send out you know uh, two for one Broadway tickets, or it's it's um, restaurant week in New York City. They love to see this kind of stuff, and you're not just pushing. Real estate. I do. What's well, interesting you got creativity. the movies though. There yeah. you go. <laughs> What's
2: well, the movies? Let's think about it. Most people are watching movies and things on their computers now. Well, the idea yeah. of going outside and doing something different. And we've spoken about this on the show with green space and water and the mm-hmm. whole thing. And and they have that that um, it's not a theater, but they have the screen on the Hudson. Is it in Chelsea or a little further down? That it's one of the floating docks where they have another screen. Oh, yeah. It's so incredibly cool mm-hmm. and it's so different. It's one of the wonderful things about this city that you never know what's going to pop up. Mm-hmm. That's true.
5: So. <laughs> Vince's face.
1: <laughs> oh my God. It's so it's funny. It's the vibe today. <laughs> it's, it's just a hard day for me today. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite sure what's happening today. But anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> analogies, between, <laughs> analogies between romance and real estate are as old as time and for good reason, what two things affect your life more drastically than your housing situation or your love life? And if you've ever found yourself shopping for apartments and dates at the same time, you'll notice some occasionally unsettling similarities between the two processes. Yes, like
6: Matthew's jilted right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: <laughs> <what>? <laughs> wow! Wow!
2: Well, <laughs> I'm
6: joking.
5: <laughs> Actually, Explain. wait. What do we think of the idea of a first date? On a real estate showing, like bringing uh, a date onto a new development site with you By the hashtag way, Rachel t- loves hashtags. I hate hashtags.
1: Hashtags has been done. <laughs> hey, Ooh, has, have you done that? Well, anyway, so here are <laughs> oh, three, three okay. quotes. Three quotes. Testing when you someone. find the one, you just know. Okay. The second one is know your deal breakers and pay attention to red flags. Uh-huh. And the third one is size, size matters. matters.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, a really well, big apartment.
1: <laughs> so, the but author, there's wasted the, space. <laughs> <laughs> the author of this article wants real estate searching to be just like date searching. Tinder, for example, you uh-huh. swipe left because you don't like the person. You swipe right <laughs> because you do like the person. And then if that person likes you because you swiped right... Uh, right then you're a match, whatever. So one thing that's not so similar: the platform set up for you to find your dream home versus your dream date. Though new startups launch seemingly every day to help us muddle through the apartment hunt and the human hunt. As a rule, matchmaking mm-hmm. apps are way more on top of their game than real estate ones. With this in mind, do we suggest uh, do we suggest a few ways in which real estate search sites should be taking cues from Tinder? I mean, I think there, there's already a, uh, an app. It's called Homeswipe. Is everyone? really? No yeah. way. Oh, I thought yeah. Compass was coming wow. out with
4: I one. I expect to Compass say to say this do this that. I this
6: is what needs to happen. Yeah. Because, like, instead well, of 3DZ is being so difficult but like, you, know you know what you click and you go do this like it's so inefficient like somebody's got to come up with something that just like you swipe you look at the you scroll through the pictures if you like it all it has is price point you know what I mean I like, thought compass
4: was aren't you guys it's, the tech people it's, it's not <laughs> price point <laughs> funny um, no I'm serious but, but you basically so. what you do is you enter in your parameters mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then it gives you the, the listings and you just you look at the first picture you can click into but it but does it give you pictures? enough
1: information or is it just like the dating site where you just see a face and you don't like it or you do like it. It's, I mean, it's, it's like
4: one picture and basic info. But and see, it, this
3: is the ADD for generation.
1: Well, for and and that's, right okay, that's
4: right what now. I'm thinking. Yeah. So right. yeah, I mean. I, just I
1: think it would I think can do
4: a disservice to our with, real estate. You can do business. with That's multiple pictures,
6: though. You know what really? I mean—that you swipe through multiple pictures. If up here, if you mm-hmm. want to, like on the actual picture, if you swipe the picture, and then you can swipe left or right to get to the next one. Say you whatever know? you want, though. The creators—the I mean, creators
5: of Homeswipe—I'm oh, sure—eighteen doing are pretty well. Already, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, well, because of all of my clients call when I send them listings. They all call it real estate porn, and they say they want—they look at it late at night before they go to sleep on their iPad. They're like oh, my God, this is the most gorgeous apartment I've ever seen. And it, we joke about it, but it's so
1: true. It's so true. Well, real estate porn is, is real estate porn. I mean, listen, it helps us sell our business uh, or sell our apartments in the business that we're in. But, you know, when I, when I hear things like liking it to dating sites, I mean, first of all, how often do you come across somebody looking for the love of their life and an apartment at the same time? I'm sure it happens but i think you know that kind of happens at two different times of the day you know during the day you might be searching for whatever at night you might be searching for the boyfriend mm-hmm. or girlfriend
6: but I use the metaphor all the time. I mean, when Me I'm too. talking to my clients, I really use dating metaphors. Like, mm-hmm. look, you know, f- sleep on it. Like, take a moment. Really picture back your back life with and it. And when, come, you find yeah. the one,
5: uh-huh. when you find the one, you'll, you'll know, know it. it. Yes. Right, exactly. I mean,
6: you, there's all of this stuff that, you know, that really it is very much is like a dating process.
3: But think about how many people miss out on true love be- based on two seconds of judging somebody on how they look and yeah. And that's why, yeah, <clears throat> pictures are important, but sometimes pictures are way better than the mm-hmm. apartment and vice versa,
2: or so, never meeting anyone so or committing true. to an apartment because you yeah. know the next great one's right around the corner right.
6: and and that no apartment exactly. is perfect. that's right, and that you make it into your home, yep. you know, it's, well, if it's that, very if, much if, exactly if
1: that's like not similar exactly because you look at a picture of a person and you say, uh, eh, maybe there's better, or you're always looking over your shoulder. We all have seen that in real estate. You know, you can show somebody multiple apartments and it's still not enough for them. And you think, well, what is it that you're really looking for? Do you Mm. even know? So basically,
5: HomeSwipe, if you're looking for commercial actors, we're here. (laughs) If
1: you need us, we're here to talk about romance and the real estate market. (laughs) (laughs) And we're here to fill in the blanks on what you might have swiped by too quickly and you didn't get a chance to read all the details. (laughs) That's the real important thing. Getting back to the reason why we are all so needed and necessary in this business, I get automation, I get all these you know apps, I get all these things that do help us in our in our field, but I think you know the the real essence of being successful as a buyer or a seller in real estate is be is working with experienced knowledgeable brokers like us, agents like us who know the inventory, who know the city, who know how to deal with people. you know it's interesting, somebody said to me the other day. In an interview, I was asking something about, you know, how are your people skills? And they're like, "I'm selling real estate. I don't have, need to have people skills." Oh, Oof. Said to me in an Nine. interview, and Whoa. I thought, Woo-hoo. "Okay, so you you just got yourself on the short list out the door. You don't need people skills. What is that about?" I don't All get. This was, business. was this person right out of college? Mm, mid to late twenties, no, like second <clears throat> second career, early second career in, in their life. But- yeah,
3: lack of experience. That's totally crazy. but I
1: mean I think you need people skills in any position in life in 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 this world I mean you know you don't have to be the best person out there in in skill skill wise but I mean you got to have some kind of people skills but he just thought oh no 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 this stuff sells itself yeah you know, I don't need to have that many uh people skills and I can tell before he even said that to me because just the interaction between us was really not happening so I <laughs> figured okay that's and I get along with everybody so yeah. what's that about yeah
3: Except taxi drivers. I was just to say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you had a good taxi and experience I told today. Deborah this morning, yes. I had a very
1: good taxi experience this morning. Yes. I put my head in the phone as I always do. And the next thing I knew, we were in front of the door. And I thought, well, how'd that happen? Where's the traffic? Yeah, totally totally comfortable. He said, Thank you, sir. Nice to see you. Have a good day. Have you a good morning, that. whatever.
3: You needed that. I'm so happy that. for yeah. you. I needed that. <laughs> yeah, I really
1: did. Not to say on my way back, you know, whatever. Anyway, we're going to go soon. I just wanted to do, give a shout out to our friends in Orlando. I didn't want to say this at the beginning of the show because I don't want to, you know, break down all, but because it gets very emotional. But we here at Good Morning New York are very tolerant of everybody and anything in this world. And we just hope that everybody else out there is as well. When you see these ma- mass massacres occur in places uh, in in the world that we live in, it's just, just not necessary and it's just not good. And it's sad for the people who lost their lives innocently and for the families that have to pick up the pieces and live the rest of their lives without their loved ones. And mind you, most of these young guys and girls in their 20s and 30s you know and life is too short <coughs> as it is but to be cut down at that age yeah. is just amazing so no reason that's my Terrible. little spiel sorry for the 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 uh, the emotion at the end but you know what <coughs> we love each other and as Ellen DeGeneres says all the time let's just please be kind to one another that is our show for this week thanks for joining us you can catch the show anytime on podcast or on our website voiceamerica.com or com for all of us at Voice America all around the world Thanks for joining us, and let's be kind to one another. Bye now.
0: Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. staff, and management. Hi, I'm John Rainey, Chief Financial Officer
3: of United...